Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is the day after Thanksgiving, and you're listening to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm A.T. Werdahl here on the Fish Stripes Podcast Network with another 10-minute episode to catch you up on all things Marlins as you go about your black Friday. So, um, wanted to catch you up on some information from the Major League Baseball Players Association that was revealed this week to The Athletic. Um, they presented a guide to their players uh, that was received by The Athletic as well that dove into their goals in this negotiation. Um, just to, like, give you that, uh, they're looking to incentivize competition. Um, they go on to say that uh, we continue to see clubs openly choosing a model of sustained losing while still reaping economic benefit. Winning at all levels needs to have value or our system doesn't work. Pretty agreeable point. We all want to see a winning team in baseball. We like competition. It's like the drama that brings us all to the sport as fans. So that like totally rides true with the fan standpoint. Um, they want to be ensuring the most talented players are on the field. That has been an issue lately. Um, we've seen some like service time manipulation where like a minor leaguer might be held back from the majors when really they're ready. Uh, we've also seen some mid-tier free agents sit idle. We like Adam Jones going not in Major League Baseball. Another request of the MLBPA is they want to reduce artificial restraints on competition like the competitive balance tax and draft pick compensation that can really like affect a free agent's market as well as gives like teams benefits for not necessarily trying their best and putting their like best foot forward being competitive it's like a pretty holistic picture that they're trying to paint uh they do also have the request that getting players their value early in their career is a priority for them uh usually uh, like barring super two status major league players are stuck at the league minimum for two years three years if they're not that super two and in those three years, the player can be really valuable. Like, look at, like, Wander Franco, who signed a, like, almost $200 million guaranteed contract during his, like, first year of service time. There is some value there that is being left on the table for the player, and half a million dollars versus, like, millions of dollars is 
big as far as making choices and having security and stability in the life of the player that doesn't have a lot of consistency in it, even with all the travel involved. It looks like we're heading into a week where we'll see some non-tenders, we'll see exactly which of these Marlins that the team wants to bring back for 2022 at their like arbitration estimates. There's a good write-up on fishstripes.com if you're interested in like seeing that drawn out. What I want to do today is look deeper into a couple of Marlins that are still like active. Um, Brian De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez, both playing for the Toros del Este and the Dominican Winter League, both have like played pretty well in their careers. Like they both came in to the majors, Marlins this year and down the stretch really solidified themselves as like everyday players or like potential everyday players going forward and guys who've seen a good amount of major league pitching at this point. Now both these players have very different profiles as far as like batters. Uh, Jesus Sanchez being more of a like high power guy with some like strikeout in there. Um, but Brian De La Cruz is more of your like contact hitter. Um, pretty well defined by his ability at the plate, not so much like the physical tools that he brings as a player behind the bat. Uh, whereas like Jesus Sanchez, I mean, look at like, just like the guy's legs. He's enormously strong. And knowing that you can see a bit of a development in his time in the winter leagues. Going back, he's uh, now played for four years with the Toros. Um, not like everyday play all the time. Going back to like 2017, uh, when he was 19 years old, he got his first like look at the Winter League with four plate appearances, no hits, and he came back the next year for four games. This time starting, he got some hits, got uh, his first like RBI in the league, but uh, 15 at-bats, 200 batting average, didn't really stand out. Then last year, as he got some major league at-bats, got more like established as a hitter, um, he played 10 games for the Toros, 37 at-bats, and he hit like a respectable 278 with like a 770 OPS, and he started to like look like your like starter type player. Um, and right now he's on a bit of a tear. In 15 games, 69 plate appearances, he's hitting 328 with a 900 OPS, like clearly at the top of the league. Not like literally at the top of the league, but he's one of those really standout Dominican winter leaguers. Which is really promising because it seems to validate what we saw the last month of the season with his like eight home runs and just like standout batting average. It felt like he was just a different presence at the plate with a much more like disciplined nature to him. Um, that like really does track in the winter leagues. Right now he's sitting on like a split of like 10 walks to uh, 14 strikeouts up from like one walk to 10 strikeouts last year. So that does seem to speak to a, like a confirmation of an actual improvement 
for a disciplined, strong batter that might be getting better and better at choosing his pitches and like attacking it. Now the Dominican Winter League does usually lack that top end pitching talent um, that you see in the majors by nature of just how pitchers workloads throughout a year should be a little bit like lighter than a hitter's. Uh, that's like less repeatable generally, especially as like a pitcher develops. There's more of a risk, but we are seeing some real consistency from Jesus Sanchez this winter. Really promising as he looks to be a everyday starter going forward. Brian De La Cruz also has shown an interesting time in the winter league. Um, it's he's like a more confounding batter because he's not like really like projectable as it were um, with his physicality. Like looking back at his splits throughout time really, he's never really lit it up with home runs or stolen bases. Um, his tools have been like fairly limited and he's been like really like stifled at a couple of different levels when he started in rookie ball in 2015. He had an OPS of 582. Um, and then at his first taste of double A, he had 179 for Corpus Christi in 2017. This is before really appearing in the Dominican Winter League for him. But already he faced some challenges with the bat and had to make those adjustments to, to even get past like average competition at those leagues. Um, and that's why, like, the Winter League is more of a confounding thing for him. Uh, he's kind of always been in that, like, mess of hitters without, like, standout tools, that, like, middling level, that, like, kind of average player. But what he's shown is that, like, he could be an above-average player. With, like, his performance at the Major League level, I mean, 296, uh, 783 OPS, like, that's really great for a rookie um really great consistency especially for a rookie and in the winter he's not quite held it up um 47 plate appearances uh 233 batting average with a 649 ops but really what we see with him is that he struggled against ground ball pitchers at the major league level and a lot of the pitchers in the dominican winter league are those more developed, sophisticated pitchers that don't have like the power stuff that have had to make those adjustments and develop like secondary pitches like splitters to induce ground balls. So it might be that he's facing just a bulk of what he's not good against while continuing to play baseball deep into the year. Uh, those most two recent years in the Dominican Winter Leagues, uh, pretty minimal at-bats in the affiliated leagues around it. Um, partly pandemic-focused as far as, like, 2020. It could also be that he just doesn't have the same thing to prove to the Astros last time he was in the Winter Leagues that he does now as a major leaguer. It's interesting to see how both of these very different batters play in a totally different environment, but it's also really encouraging to see them both sticking out as potential everyday players at 23 and 24, ahead of an important year for the Miami Marlins organization. Thank you for listening. I hope all is well. Uh, we'll keep you updated at Fish Stripes about 
the latest, um, you know, the non-tender deadline and any other news that might be of interest. Um, but for now, I've been AT Wordall. Thank you for listening.